all of you are here are nuts, you know that? I just thought we'd clarify that from the get-go, right? So pandemic, blizzard, and here you are. So it is, uh, it is delightful uh, to see you and to have you here. And for all those of you a lot smarter who stayed home and are streaming, then uh, we are glad that you are here as well. Listen, on the Sunday before Christmas, just this past Sunday, uh, I-, I challenged us as a church to do something that's hard to do on the Sunday before Christmas, and, and that is think. Right, uh, and, and so tonight, I, I'm not going to ask you to think as much as I'm going to ask you to imagine. That's a little easier on Christmas Eve. Not expecting quite as much of you tonight, all right? So, so if you have to close your eyes, that's okay. If you're bears, close your eyes, don't close your eyes. But the reality is, is I, I want to take you to a day and a place in which um, it's much warmer, first of all, right? That would be nice. Uh, it's much warmer, uh, and, and it is a beautiful day in which you are on a beautiful hike in unfamiliar woods, but along a riverbed, Right? Uh, and it's so warm in this day, it is so hot, that at a place in which that trail comes very close to the river, you can't resist the temptation of, on that hot day, jumping into those refreshing waters. And so you do. You jump in to cool off, and you think, this will be awesome. And as you get in, you begin to just sit back and float, and you think, man, this is absolutely beautiful. But as you do so, you realize that the current is a bit stronger than you had first imagined. And and you realize that you're now moving downstream a bit faster than you had thought. But not a big deal. You're a good swimmer at any given point you could get to shore and and so you simply sit back and and you relax some more when when all of a sudden the current seems to be getting stronger and as you look to the shore indeed it is almost to the point where you're like I should kind of devise an escape route right and so you begin to check the shore to see where it is that you might be able to get back to shore but actually it's it's too late that, that current is carrying you, and all of a sudden, if you listen carefully in your imagination, you can hear the roar of water. That's not good. Because this current is taking you to a crazy big waterfall. So now, not trying to gather the strength to swim to shore, you use your strength to scream for help. (laughs) And you begin to yell and scream. Uh, So the picture would be somewhat like this guy in his canoe, knowing that what is coming is drastically dangerous. Well, fortunately for you, there are some other hikers on the trail. They hear your voice. They have a long rope. I don't know why, but they do. They have a long rope, and they cast that rope into the middle of the river, and it lands perfectly in front of you. Now, I want to ask you a few questions. How excited are you to see the rope? I, I know you're Presbyterians. That's as excited as you get. I know. But, but that, that, that's, that, that's good, right? So the reality is, is uh, yeah, well, a rope. That's good. Uh, no, I, I think you would be excited to see the rope. Listen, how, how quickly would you grab on to the rope? Very quickly. There, good. The Pentecostals coming out. Good. All right. So very, very, very quickly, right? And, and the reality is that you don't sit there and go, Huh, should I trust that guy? Is he strong enough to pull me in? 
uh, is the rope made of enough cords that it's going to hold? You, you don't begin to think those things. You don't call a Presbyterian committee meeting to decide whether to catch the rope. You grab onto the rope. And then let me ask you this third question. How firmly do you hold on to the rope? Like with all your life, right? Okay, if you close your eyes, you might want to open them because that's going to get dangerous as the night wears on, right? Because you might just drift off. But, but I, I want you to think of these things. How many of you, how many of you tonight don't have to imagine a river and a waterfall to feel a strong current of pulling you to hard places? Places that have you searching for some kind of rope, for some kind of rescue. It has been said a lot, but it's true. In many ways, 2020 has felt like this current that is pulling us closer to the reality of devastation. For some, life just feels that way. Uh, For some, Christmas especially feels that way. And for some, it feels as if the waterfall has come and gone and you are feeling broken at the bottom of the rushing water. And we're constantly throwing ropes, aren't we, in the midst of those struggles? Uh, Ropes like relief money from the government, which isn't enough, so we'll take it back and try to get more. It's not enough. We'll try to get more, right? So so those kinds of ropes, uh, uh, vaccines are ropes to a man in office as president is one of those ropes. The hope of a better job, more money, more influence, more power, more relationships. Really, the list is endless. But listen, it is the Christmas story, that story that the kids told earlier that reminds us that ultimately anything that the world hands us falls far short of the glorious hope, the glorious rope of Jesus. And quite frankly, this is the point of the book of Hebrews. Right? So it's Christmas Eve. We're going to study the entire book of Hebrews. You're going, no, this is supposed to be a short sermon. It's Christmas Eve. Well, let me just give you the highlights, right? The author here of Hebrews writes to a people. They've walk through plenty of waterfalls and they're beginning to doubt the Jesus that they once believed. They're people that are returning to old ways, old patterns and trusting again undependable ropes. So the author of Hebrews reminds them throughout this book of one thing and here is the theme of the book of Hebrews. You ready? Jesus is greater. Jesus is greater. In chapter 1, the author says that Jesus is greater than the rope of idolatry. In the day in which he writes, many had fallen prey to the idolatry of angels, angel worship. They literally began to worship the gift of angels rather than the giver of the gift in God. They had taken their eyes off of Jesus and they had begun to focus on lesser things. How often? Do we do this? That we find ourselves more focused on things rather than the giver, the creator of the things. Have we taken our eyes off of the rope of Jesus for ropes that will not save us? Listen, angels are good. Even things are good. 
But we must not forget that Jesus is greater. In chapter 3, the author says that Jesus is greater than the rope of the good old days. Jesus is greater than the rope of the good old days. The people that Hebrews is addressed to would have reflected often on days gone by. Heroes like Moses who had left their people through, led their people through significant storms. And listen, Moses was a dude. I know that's an old term, but I'm an old guy. Moses was a dude, right? He was a faithful follower of God. He was worth celebrating. But when the celebration of Moses becomes a distraction for worshiping Jesus, the people's eyes need to be refocused. Moses was not God. Jesus is God. The picture the author gives us is that Moses was the house, but Jesus is the builder of the house. Moses was awesome, but Jesus is greater. You know, sometimes we love the good old days or the influential people in our lives. But the people and the good times cannot rescue us. Only Jesus can. Moses was good, and the good old days were good. But what? Jesus is greater. In chapters 4 and 5, Jesus is greater than the rope of old school religion. For centuries, the people dealt with their sin through animal sacrifices, and the priests, especially the high priests, were held in high regard. As Jesus comes and and says, hey, trust me as the ultimate sacrifice for sin, some over time have lost their fervor for Jesus and they've returned to the apparently simpler pattern of old religion and sacrifice. But the author of Hebrews makes it clear that the sacrifice was not to be in place of Jesus, but rather to point to Jesus, that Jesus is greater. You know, we far too often are satisfied with religion. That somehow attendance at Christmas Eve service in a blizzard in a pandemic should get us enough points that we shouldn't need to do anything for quite some time. That all this should somehow pave the way to heaven. I have a good friend who is not a believer. He often calls me and says, hey, let's go to lunch. And I always say yes. You know why? Because he always pays. But every time he pays, he says to me, this has to get me a little closer to heaven, doesn't it? When I pay for the pastor to have lunch. And I assure him that it doesn't, but I don't argue when he pays. We are far too often satisfied with religion, with our works, but these cannot replace faith in Jesus. We are not saved by our religion. We are saved by Jesus because Jesus is greater. Maybe the best summary of all this is Hebrews chapter 9, verses 11 through 14. The author says this, But when Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things that have come, Then through the greater and more perfect tent, not made with hands, that is, uh, but, but not of this creation. He entered, listen, once for all into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood, 
thus securing an eternal redemption. For if the blood of goats and bulls and the sprinkling of defiled persons with the ashes of a heifer sanctify, uh, uh, sprinkling of defiled persons with the ashes of a heifer sanctify for the perfect, wow, purification of the flesh. Listen, here it is. How much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God? The author summarizes. He says, man, there's a lot of good things. But Jesus is greater. Angels are good, but Jesus is greater. Moses is good, but Jesus is greater. Priests and sacrifice are good, but Jesus is greater. And Jesus is better because he is the only, listen, the only rope that can save you. And maybe before this turns into more of an Easter sermon than a Christmas one, let me assure you that this is why Jesus came. He is the rope that the entire Old Testament has anticipated. The light that would shine in the darkness of disobedience. He is the rope that the shepherds would hear about from the angels who would rescue them from insignificance and make them the first to visit the Son of God. He is the rope that Mary and Joseph would hear about that would come to save the world. And at Christmas, we are reminded that Jesus is the rope that has come to offer us life to rescue us from sin and this is why we are instructed in hebrews ten twenty three. many of you know this now right it's the memory verse of this advent season why we are instructed in hebrews ten twenty three to what let us hold fast the confession of our hope Without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Here's the word of God tonight. Here's the challenge of the author of Hebrews, the challenge of the Spirit of God at Christmas. Are we holding fast to Jesus, the confession of our hope, without wavering, knowing that he who promised all things is faithful. Here's what Jesus has said to us this Advent, the confession of our hope. He says, hold on to Jesus who allows us to be H honest enough to say that we are not fine, but that it is okay not to be okay because Jesus by his birth, his death, and his resurrection has made us okay. Hold on to Jesus who gives us opportunities. Oh, we don't deserve. He not only saves us from the waterfall, but he has purpose for us as well, that he will make a witness out of our weakness. Thank you, Matthew. I'm going to remember that. Hold on to Jesus who gives us the power to pee, persevere. He literally empowers us to continue when we have nothing left. And then hold on to Jesus who gives us the promise of eternal life. E, that through him we have the hope of knowing that we will live with him forever. This is our hope. This is our rope thrown to us in the midst of life. This is the rope that sits before us tonight. How happy are you to see that rope? How happy are you to see Jesus? How quickly 
Will you grab on to his promise to save you? And how firmly will you hold on to him when life seems like it's turned upside down? When I served uh, North Park EPC as an associate pastor back in the olden days, the good old days, right? In the 90s, the early 2000s, one of my favorite unwritten job responsibilities was being part of our version of summer's best two weeks. It was a two-week camp that uh, tons of kids would come in to be a part of. And my favorite job in my part in that summer's best two weeks was um, sitting in a tree about 60 to 70 feet up, uh, belayed in, locked in on a platform in which kids would climb up through what we called a womb tube and they would get to that platform and go down a hundred foot or a hundred yard uh, zip line. And I had the privilege of transitioning them from the womb tube to the zip line. Now, some of those kids scampered up the zoom, they switched on and boom, they're gone, right? Some of those kids slowly came up the womb tube and sat on that platform for a very long time. So there was Pastor Rick, right? With young Tommy or young Sally on that platform. And often, I would have to reassure them of a number of things. I had to reassure them that the um, straps that were around their waist, the, the, the things that were holding them in place were secure and safe. That the ropes that would hang on to the cable that would take them zooming through the woods were secure and stable. That, that they were safe. We had to spend some time reassuring them that they were safe. But one of the things that was most helpful to them is that in front of them was a rope in which they would hang on to and sit on, right? And I said, you know what the best thing to do so that you're not afraid is hold really tight to that rope. (laughs) And so they would take that rope and they would cuddle it, right? Get ready, get ready, get ready. And so there, there would be this long time of just holding fast to the rope that would hold them down that zip line. And eventually, 99% of the time, they would go. And they would have the ride of their life on that zip line, but we would always spend time debriefing afterwards. And how I debriefed them, I think, is the point of our time here tonight. Do you know that God is this amazing harness who has you. Uh, Matthew started the service by just saying, if you don't get anything else tonight, know this, Jesus loves you, and that love is that harness that holds you. It's secure, it's everlasting, it's beautiful, and it's good, and it's a lot more comfortable than the harness that they were wearing going down the zip line. But I would still tell you that sometimes in life, even if we acknowledge that the harness is secure and safe, that we're afraid. You know what I would tell you to do? Hold fast (laughs) to the rope that's in front of you. The one that you've been anxious to grab, that you've been sure to hold fast to. Hold fast to Jesus. It's not your holding that's going to save you, it's the harness. But he has invited you as a response to the harness to hold fast. And so tonight he says to us, I love you. 
you are safe. But if you're afraid in these troubled times, if this world seems upside down and uncertain, then tonight is a good night to simply grab the robe. Are you happy to see him? Will you quickly grab onto him? Will you hold fast to him? I tell you tonight, people of God, we should, because it is he and only he who will save you, who will save us, who will save his people for eternity. Let's pray together. Our Father, to say that you love us seems so short-sighted. I don't think our minds can grasp at the security of your love. But would tonight you just reassure us that indeed you love us. And even in these moments in which there is still fear and uncertainty, may you reveal to us the rope that is before us, the rope that is Jesus the rope that will rescue us, that we might quickly take hold and hold firmly as you draw us into not only eternal life, but life even now that is abundant life, even in these days. I would pray that if there's one who is in the sound of my voice, either online or in person here this evening, that is uncertain of their relationship with Jesus. But certain that life is taking them towards a waterfall. (laughs) Tonight would be a great night. And Spirit of the living God, we pray that you would move on your people. Tonight would be a great night to take hold and hold firmly. Our hope, our Jesus who has come for us to rescue us from our sin and give us eternal life. And maybe we're here tonight and have been a believer a long time. But for whatever reason, the anxiety and the uncertainty has left us at time hopeless, broken. May tonight, may this Christmas be a moment in time that we once again not be availed to the distractions, the other ropes that fall short, but again see and take hold of and hold firmly the rope that rescues us, the hope of Jesus. Ah, Spirit of the living God, fall afresh upon us that indeed we would worship you, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.